Friends from Faraway Podcasting presents Ill Will. Ill Will is a horror anthology podcast and may not be suited for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Dear Mary, as you no doubt know or have heard by now, I am no longer allowed to practice my craft. I do partially blame you, as years ago I came to you for assistance, but you had other obligations at the time and never assisted me. I didn't know what I expected. No one else had been able to solve my issue, and part of me wanted to believe you were a fake as well. But with my strange condition, I expect you probably were genuine. If you really did have a magic trinket I could have used, it would have been helpful. As it stands, I lost my medical license, and any deaths as a result are on you. I implore that you do not interfere with my own testing and research. In exchange, I will gladly send more reports to you. As a sign of good faith that you will not go to the authorities, I have enclosed my own findings and insights to my powers at this time. Seattle is considered by many as a depressing place, with gloomy clouds and constant rain. Though, I would tell you that anyone who complains how miserable the rain is does not know the full extent of what I have come to accept as my existence. The rain was part of who I am, as I could not recall a single day where the rain stopped. That is, until the day of my first botched surgery. It was meant to be a relatively simple procedure. The patient had an inflamed appendix and it needed to be removed. They went under without any issues and under my careful blade, it should have been a success. I didn't know what exactly went wrong, if I had not done enough stitches, if they had too much fluid. Whatever the case, they had a rupture on the inside and bled to death on the operating table. It was the first time a patient of mine had died and I am not ashamed to admit I was shaken to my core. I needed a cigarette and fresh air. Due to the nature of it shaking me, I was issued the rest of the week off in order to gather my thoughts on a patient dying under my gloved hand. As I exited the hospital, the sun was shining beautifully in the sky, and it was the first time I remember seeing the sun fully. Not obscured by clouds, not through a misty sky, but in full view of the noonday sky. That week, I was able to take a short vacation to gather myself. The following week, I was ready to resume surgeries like normal. I returned to work, and months of rain continued before I once more had another patient that had complications. I tried as hard as I could, and they still passed away. That day, the sun came out again. I was required to take another mental recovery break from the hospital, and decided to make the most of it. And I went to California. While I was preparing to enjoy a drink under the cover of Chiringuito, and began raining again. As the downpour began, a tourist nearby went into cardiac arrest, and they asked if a doctor was present. I volunteered. I felt it was my duty to assist, however, and wherever I could. I had made it part of my Hippocratic Oath, and I began chest compressions. I did my best to keep them alive, but the paramedics took too long to arrive. I do not recall why they had been delayed, but the end result was the same either way. The man had passed away by my hand. I was given free drinks the rest of the evening for my assistance, and as I sipped my pina colada, I became aware that the storm that had begun coming down in full force had stopped, and there was not a cloud in the sky. I knew it couldn't be connected, and yet I was curious. Warm months passed of constant rain. The constant work of the hospital kept me busy, and I enjoyed my work, helping others and getting paid handsomely for it. But as I continued my work, I had that ever-present question in my mind. Was it connected? Had that man's death by my hands resulted in the change of the weather? My question would be answered in surgery that I knew was pointless. Even if I was successful, I did not expect the person to live longer than three months. I decided to put my theory to the test and botch the surgery. They died and I took time off. And it worked. 
the sun came out again. I was thrilled. I now knew I could kill patients and take off as much time as I wanted, whenever I wanted. No one could stop me. I continued with this pattern of working for months at a time, then not again for as long as the sun was shining. However, there was an issue I noticed. At first, the sun had shone for one month, the second time, only one week. Recently, it would be about a week at a time, and I had to know what was causing this variation. I had a hypothesis. The length of time the sun would be out would be determined by either how sick or injured my patient is, and the time the sun shone may be dependent on how much time I had stolen from them. A lot of my patients are only ever extending their time on Earth. They are already living on borrowed time, and I am simply acting as a sort of debt collector by taking that borrowed time back for myself to enjoy. I had to test this theory. My next experiment was on an older gentleman who had lung cancer and needed a transplant. The new lungs did not take, and he passed away. The sun shone for only two weeks. The experiment after that was a child that had been in a horrible car crash. His heart gave out. The sun shone for 55 days. I began wondering what the variable length of time the sun would shine would be of a person who was not on death's door. This is when I had my first hesitation. Who would I kill? How do I determine who would prove a viable test? What if all of this time it had been coincidence and I was in fact just a murderer? This is when I seeked you out. I of course did not go to you first. I followed all sorts of rumors. Rumors of people controlling the weather, rumors of monsters that appear before a storm. I traveled across the country, looking for aid, seeking assistance. Everywhere I went, the rain followed. By a chance encounter, I met a man late one dreary and wet evening. I was at my wit's end and had decided no help would be found. I had been determined to experiment on the next person I see, to have a moment of peace from the rain. I hid in an alley in Chicago and grabbed the first person who passed by. I threw them on the ground and after a few moments of struggle, I ended their life with the knife I had. I sat in the dark kneeling by the body waiting for the rain to stop. While I waited, I took note of the experiment's traits. He was a large African American male, larger set but strong. Workman strength, not artificial muscles found at a gym, and his clothes indicated he was a vagabond. Besides the clothes he wore, the only other thing on his person was a small box containing a sewing needle and thread. Soon enough, the rain did stop and I began to cry with relief. It was not crazy. This was in fact real. I was able to control the rain by taking someone's life. Then the rain continued. My tears stung my face with warmth against the cold rain pouring down on me again. I was desperate. I had resolved to take my own life for the evil I had committed. That was until the body next to me breathed life again. With the man's gasp of life, I was startled backwards and sat against the alley wall. As we sat in the gutter of Chicago, I stared in awe as the man before me sat up rubbing his side with a knife that slipped between his ribs. He calmly lifted his shirt and held out his hand silently. After a moment, I shakily handed him his sewing kit, and right there, in the street, he stitched his side clothes. Based on his reaction and the multitude of scars, something told me this was not the first time something like this had happened to the man. I sat in silence, and as he finished the stitching, he calmly asked for the knife I had used. I gave it to him, he cut the wire stitching, and handed it back. I apologized to him, and he told me to not bother. I asked the gentleman's name, and he informed me he goes by Franklin. Franklin then asked me for mine, and asked me for my story. Before I could stop myself, I found that I was sharing with him everything I have told you. At the end of my story, Franklin stood up, told me about your little house hidden in the nook of Oregon, and he told me that I sounded cursed, 
and had to get the help of a witch. I was flabbergasted and asked him what he meant and knew of curses. His response was a solemn one. He told me he was proof of curses, as he himself was a walking curse. I thanked Franklin, and we parted ways. I took his advice, and I traveled back northwest in hopes of finding you. I traveled far and long, but eventually I did find your home. I admit I did not expect much to come out of this, but I knew I needed your help. The rain was becoming unbearable once more, and I knew it would only be a matter of time before I could no longer resist scratching the itch to make it stop. I knocked on your door. You answered. You brought me in from the rain and offered me tea. I had tried to explain what was happening, but you ignored me. You kept looking past me and out the window. I do remember you asking me to describe my itch. I informed you that it was as though I was an addict, and the interluding silence between the rainstorms was the high I was chasing. You at least had the decency to answer the door before turning me away. I had begged you for help, pleaded with you for assistance, and yet you turned me away, saying that this was my burden to bear, and that I should be grateful there isn't something more. Just live with the rain was your advice to me. I left your home, unhelped and still battling my itch. The parallel of a drug addict was all too real. I felt the lure pulling me in as I returned to work. I got sloppy, reckless, desperate for the rain to stop and to have silence. At an operating table, I was too eager to have an accident and was caught purposefully watching the transplant. Both the donor and the recipient died. I was revoked of my license, but the rain had stopped and appears it will remain that way for the time being. I lost my job and I blame you. Do not try to find me or else I may make you and your kin the target of my next appeal to the rain clouds. Yeah, so I don't know who this wet doctor is, but he does clearly know where mother lived and where I currently live. I am going to make sure the locks on the doors are in working order.